0: Welcome to Healing at the Speed of Light. Every week, we discuss how laser therapy is changing healthcare and how you can benefit. Now, here is your host and founder of Laser Therapy Institute, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Hey, welcome back to Healing at the Speed of Light. I'm glad you're here with me today. My name is Dr. Jason Roundtree. I'm your host and a chiropractor and a certified medical laser safety officer. I've done laser therapy in practice for quite a while and I've trained practitioners all across the world. One of the things that is brought up quite frequently, actually more and more now, is using light for non-pain treatments. Things like major depressive disorder, addiction, cognitive enhancement, and and many other things that lie outside of the traditional pain realm. So we're gonna be talking about major depressive disorder today in particular. Do realize that laser therapy in the United States is cleared only for painful conditions. So this is a little bit in the theoretical side, but I think some pretty exciting stuff because hopefully in the near future, we'll have more and more ability to treat things like depression with a non-invasive light therapy treatment. Remember, when we're talking about laser therapy, we're not talking about burning or cutting or ablating any tissues. We're talking about using very safe light to stimulate positive changes in the body's tissues. Not burn, not cut, not destroy. And the theories behind using this very safe, non-invasive light really go back to stimulating changes within the cells and helping the cells to regulate themselves more appropriately, whether that is more energy production, or improved intracellular and intercellular communications. Those things are important to the way that our tissues function. And there's still a lot we really don't know about light and laser therapy, including the exact mechanism of how this works. We think that light in the infrared and red spectrums can stimulate improved functioning of the cells, but again, it's still a little bit of unknowns, and one of the unknowns, too, is how light behaves with tissues. And by that, I mean, how does light travel through the tissues to affect some of these deeper organs, things like the brain, the liver, the spleen. Does light actually get down to those levels? Can it affect those organs? And if we're going to be talking about treating cognitive issues, like cognitive decline, depression, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, those are things where we want to be getting light, therapeutic doses of safe light to the brain. If we're going to affect the brain, we need to be able to get light to the brain. Well, how do you do that without cutting a hole in somebody's skull? Turns out, it's very, very possible. So today we're looking at a study from March of 2020, this was published in Neurophotonics, and the title of the study is Transcranial Photobiomodulation with Near-Infrared Light from Childhood to Elderliness, Simulation of Dosimetry. Let me break that title down a little bit for you. They talk first about transcranial photobiomodulation. Well, transcranial means across the skull. That means not removing any parts of the skull, but delivering light right through the skull safely to reach the tissues underneath. And then photobiomodulation is now our modern term for laser therapy and light therapies because that includes not just lasers, but also LEDs and other light sources. So transcranial photobiomodulation with near infrared light. Now near infrared light is just outside of the light that us humans can see. It is just a little bit past visible red, but not quite all the way to things like radio waves. And light is measured in nanometers. That tells us how tall the waves of light are. And so for photobiomodulation, or laser therapy, we are usually gonna be talking about light that is between about 800 nanometers and to about 1100 nanometers. That's kind of the narrow range in which we know that light therapy can have an effect. So the question becomes, can we deliver that type of light through the skull to affect the brain in a positive way? Now, the short answer there is yes, and I'll explain why here as we go along. But these researchers took it a step further and said, okay, what about age differences? Between childhood and elderly folks, is there a difference in the way that the tissues and the brain can both transmit and receive this type of stimulatory light? Before I get any further, I want to remind you that this podcast is sponsored by Laser Therapy Institute, which is a network of expert laser therapy providers. If you are looking to utilize laser therapy in your healthcare, highly encourage you to go to our website, lasertherapyinstitute.org. You can click on the Our Clinics tab, that'll take you to a map that shows you if we have a clinic near you. If you're having any troubles finding someone near you that is qualified please send me an email, info at lasertherapyinstitute.org, and I'll be happy to look at that with you and see if we can't find you someone in your area who's performing laser therapy at an expert level. But let's go ahead and get into this study. The intro to this study actually contains a lot of really good information, so I'm going to read you kind of a selection of quotes from the beginning of this article. It's quite interesting stuff. They say that major depressive disorder in the United States comprises over 13% of the population. That's a big deal we got over 300 million people here in the United States. 13% of that is quite a bit. We're talking about millions of people that are affected by major depressive disorder. And major depressive disorder can develop at any age. And it's considered the leading cause of disability in the U.S. for individuals between the age of 15 and 44 years. So especially in that younger age range, depression is the major cause of disability. Not low back pain, not knee pain not injuries, we're talking about depression. And they say the two most commonly used treatments for depression are antidepressant medications and psychotherapy, but they say that several known challenges have been faced by these treatment approaches, number one, frequent relapses of the cognitive therapy, and number two, burdensome side effects of antidepressant medication. We know that medications have side effects. They change the way that the body receives and interprets signals from the outside. In many cases, antidepressants can actually increase suicide and homicide behavior. And especially in someone who's already fighting with depression, they're at an elevated risk for suicide. So adding antidepressants in the mix, while extremely common, does have unwanted side effects. So these researchers say that therefore, New, effective, safe, and easy-to-administer treatment methods are needed to battle major depressive disorder. And here's where there's some hope. They say photobiomodulation is a near-infrared, light-based therapy technique and has shown therapeutic effectiveness for various neuropsychiatric disorders, including major depressive disorder. A wide range of studies in both animal models and humans have shown that light therapy causes minimal or no adverse effects while producing therapeutic effects. Well, that sounds pretty great. If we can apply safe amounts of light to the head and affect the brain in a positive way with no side effects, that sounds like the holy grail of depression treatment, right? Not only is it easy to deliver, it's completely safe and has positive effects, Uh, yes, yes please. Now, the reason these researchers wanted to do this particular study to figure out what type of dosing should be used in different age patients is because they say that personalization of treatments is key to increasing success rate and tolerability. So what they did is they built a really complex computer animation sequence on a computer to simulate the skull, the skin, the cerebrospinal fluid, the brain tissue, all the different layers that you've got to be able to get light through and down to the brain to have that positive effect of applying light to the brain to treat symptoms of depression. And that's really fascinating because with this computer model now we can see how light behaves through difficult to penetrate tissues like the skull. Can we actually get light to the brain? What type of light should we use? Uh, how strong should the light be and how can we adapt this to different ages so that we get the very best success rates well the researchers even say that this study is specifically focused on treating major depressive disorder by performing transcranial photobiomodulation or light therapy right across the skull to target the ventromedial prefrontal cortex as well as the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex brain regions. Those are really critical parts of the brain, kind of up towards the front of the head, that are important for emotion regulation that we believe are tied into depressive disorder. And in general, what they saw is that light penetration to the brain decreases as age increases, so the younger you are, especially with children and those under the age of 20, you get much better and quicker light penetration through those tissues to the brain. But as we get older, we get a little thick-headed, right? (laughs) And that means that we get less light through those thicker skull tissues to the brain itself. However, they say that despite that, even with older adults and those thicker skulls, with the proper strength of the light, you can have a treatment done in less than two minutes across all age groups. So really, we don't have to sit underneath a light for 30 or 20 minutes. You can deliver an effective dose in less than two minutes. The key here is that the light is the right kind and it is the right brightness. If the light is too dim, or it's the wrong color of infrared light, then your results are not going to be as good and your treatment time would have to be a lot longer as well so these researchers say that if you're at 300 milliwatts per centimeter squared then yeah less than two minutes you can have a treatment done and that number there simply means you can't pick up a dollar store laser pointer and think that you're going to be in good shape you've got to have a pretty high-end piece of equipment to attain that 300 milliwatts per centimeter squared. Now if you wanna know more about dosing, you might wanna jump over to our other podcast, the Laser Therapy Institute podcast, where we talk much more about the technicalities of laser strength and laser dosing and power. But the next piece here, not only the brightness of the light, but the color of the light. Because even though infrared light is invisible, there are different colors of infrared light. And even within this near infrared spectrum, between 800 and about 1100 nanometers, there are differences between the different types of light. These researchers say that 810 nanometer wavelengths deliver the highest energy deposition to the brain. And they're saying that after they compared visible red at 670 this 810 nanometer wavelength they also looked at 850 980 and 1064 nanometers those are all different kinds of infrared light colors and they said that 810 nanometer has the best energy deposition to the brain out of all those wavelengths but then the 850 and the 1064 nanometer wavelengths did deliver more energy than the red 670 and the 980 nanometer wavelengths. And really, what I want you to take away from that is that the type of light that's being used really does matter. You're going to get better penetration and dose delivery if you're at that 810 nanometer wavelength than you are if you're using a 980 nanometer wavelength. Is there anything wrong with using multiple wavelengths? Absolutely not, because you can still deliver a good dosage with that 980, with that 1064, the 850, and so really the important thing to note here is that if you can get the right color or a combination of colors of infrared light, and you can get them to the proper strength, that you know, 300 milliwatts per centimeter squared is a good number apparently from the study, then you can have some good effects on brain tissue. Now again, let me remind you, this is all in the kind of theoretical side still. This is not an FDA cleared and approved Therapy, But there are a lot of studies happening right now for depression, addiction, anxiety, and so much more on the neuroscience front with very safe light and laser therapy. So in the coming years, as you hear more and more about this, realize we've been doing research on this for years. It's a safe and effective way to improve the symptoms of depression. And it's very easy, actually, to get light through the skin, the scalp, the skull, and to the brain where it can have a positive effect. So if you want to know more about these subjects, please go over to our website. There is a ton of information archived on our website, along with a lot of really great links. That is lasertherapyinstitute.org. And if you can't find something you're looking for, or you want to run an idea by me, you can email me directly at info at Thanks very much for joining me this week, and I'll look forward to seeing you right back here again next week. Subscribe to this weekly podcast for more great information. Find a certified laser therapy clinic near you at lasertherapyinstitute.org. If you're a healthcare provider, check out our Practitioner-Focused Laser Therapy Institute podcast. Thanks for listening.